Hi, I'm Melanie Walker and this is Grounded. If gardening is your passion, this is the place to be to find out about what's happening in the gardening world. And it's all about being in the garden and life yes. is a garden. And I know that the person who's very excited <laughs> whenever she comes to talk to me, Carrie Goodwin from and Life is a Garden. Yes. And this month, I mean, it really is the time to be in the garden. Everything is looking amazing. The trees are, the blossoms are there, the leaves are coming through. We even had a little baby robin that was nested Aww. in the garden center in a little nest in amongst all our herbs, actually. And when I first saw the eggs, I thought... I can't imagine that they're going to hatch because it's quite close to where there's a lot of traffic. Yes. And now they've hatched and there's this little, I want to say little, oh, <laughs> little, little bird. nestling. Yeah. Yes. They are so ugly. They just <laughs> They look like skin and then they've got this purple, uh, grayish fluff on them. And every time you look at them, all they do is put their head up and they throw it back and open their beak like, where's my food? Where's my food? But it really is, I want to say, a fresh and inspiring time to be in the garden. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially lying in bed in the morning and the sun's coming up earlier. So you're getting up and it's not in the dark. Yeah. And you you do feel like throwing off the covers and getting out of bed rather than staying like, I'm going to stay here for the next half an hour. I'm not going to get up. In fact, I mean, in wintertime, I set my alarm clock a half an hour earlier just so I can lie in bed. (laughs) I think I did the same thing. (laughs) But now I'm up and outside and having my breakfast with the birds and, Mm. as you say, watching the sunrise. It's just gorgeous. And especially this week coming up, it's all about holidays. Yes. We've got Heritage Day. You can sleep in a bit. (laughs) Fabulousness. (laughs) Which is always a lovely thing because I think. And Melly's birthday. Yeah. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I'm a couple of days. I'm just two days after Heritage Day. I was almost a perfect Christmas baby, just an hour late. (laughs) (laughs) We never, yeah, we won't even go there. (laughs) I know what my mom and dad were doing on Christmas Day. (laughs) Okay, let's go. Moving on. Okay, so when we talk about Heritage Day, I think. It kind of fits with this month as well because we're talking about Arbor Month as well. Mm-hmm. So it's all the wonderful trees that are representative of our heritage. And, I mean, the two trees of the year this year I think are really incredible. Unfortunately, they don't grow very well in Gauteng. Yeah, both frost-sensitive. I know it's the yes. one who was discussing it with Peter mm. was the marula. Yes. And the other one was an apple? Apple blood, but its name's changed now. But we oh, still stick no. to it. What's it called now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A very difficult name. Yeah. I know the old name. It used to be called Lankacarpus. Yes. I don't know the new one. So we'll stick to, and somebody actually calls it also a rain tree. Oh, really? So a rain tree, apple blar, apple leaf. But as I say, neither of them grow here, but they're representative of iconic trees. You know, mm. big trees, they mean a lot to all of South Africans. And so I think that's when I think about heritage. I think about the different cultures that we have and the trees that we may plant and you know, you get a lot of people who plant roses for after the name of someone or they represent something. Mm, mm. And I think people are also now starting to plant trees that also represent something to their family. So like in our family, every home that we've ever lived in always has a ginkgo galoba. Yes. And so to me, that's part of our heritage. So whenever I move into a new home, that's what I plant there. And then I would kind of leave my legacy that way. Then the other thing that's also amazing to do with Heritage Day, and I think South Africa, we've changed it, but it's also a very South African thing, is to braai. Yes. And luckily, when you go along with Brian, one of the best plants to go with it is rosemary. rosemary. <laughs> yes. I have so much rosemary in my garden. I just need to get more Brian going. Yeah. So then you've got all those, you can make, kebabs and skewers and so that's what life as a garden was talking about with planting rosemary, making sure you know get your kids involved it was actually the kids activity 
to make kebabs and go and find the different fruit that you could put on your kebabs yeah. and the chicken or if you were going to do different meat or different vegetables what flavor are you going to put it on and then go and get the rosemary stick from your garden take off some of the rosemary leaves put your kebab on that and then go and fry it and so it was actually a really lovely interactive kids activity mm-hmm. which turned into a whole family thing so if you're looking for something to do this heritage day go and look at life as a garden you know download the recipe and yeah go and use it then have it in your braai I was wondering if rosemary repels elephants. <laughs> no, because you're sitting there talking so. about the marula tree and and elephants love marulas. Mm. And then also you get portulacaria which everybody is wanting to plant in their gardens these days and it it's known as olifant koihut because elephants <laughs> love portulacaria. So I'm thinking imagine if you put a marula tree and portulacaria into your garden as a speck worm, you're going to have like attract all the elephants. No, not likely. <laughs> not likely in Johannesburg at least. Well, you know when you talk about repellent, I was talking to our team and I was saying, you know, the cats are destroying my furniture. And then one of my team said to me, oh, you know what you can use is lemons. So you go and take a lemon, cut it in half, and then you scrub it where, yeah. um, luckily I've got fabric furniture, so I scrubbed it on the furniture. And it did actually, the cat that then last night didn't go and go and scratch the furniture at four o'clock in the morning and wake me up. Oh, no, I know, but they like, love oh, doing that. Very well. <laughs> Horrible. So, I'm, I'm going to try that yeah. with my cat because he's got mm. a specific place where I've actually had to go and put some pieces of carpet up to try and protect the furniture. Yeah. But one of the questions, just aside for mm. a second, that I get from so many people is my neighbor's cats keep on coming into my garden. What can I plant that will keep them away? I'm like, absolutely nothing. Yeah. The Possibly uh, Plectranthus neochilis because they I don't, don't like the smell of it. Yeah, I was going to say, because we were talking similar about that, because that's a dog gone plant. Yeah. So it would gone. also keep the dogs away. Mm. But citrus peels work very well if a neighbor's cat or even your own cat is coming to an area that you don't want it to be. Mm. Then go and put your citrus peels there and almost use your citrus peel as a mulch. Yes. And that would also keep the cats away. Because my cat so. is very, very naughty. He runs across <laughs> to my front door neighbor and, and the next door cat as well. Yeah. They go and they play on her garden. <laughs> so she's taken the clear plastic bottles that you yeah. get cool drink in and she fills those up with water and lays them down in the beds. I don't know if it helps, but I say to people, perhaps try that. But it is a problem with cats because, yeah. I mean, at least with dogs, they're generally not roamers. No, exactly. So you can confine them to your property. I think it's wonderful how people are interacting one with their pets mm. and their garden. And it shows that the garden is such a living space. So we have a lot of customers who are buying fencing at the moment because they've got new puppies and their dogs are starting to dig up their gardens. And I'm saying, bring your dog in. We'll give them a certificate because we're so happy that they're <laughs> digging up your garden for you. <laughs> well done. <It's, laughs> yeah. You don't have to do the work. Your dog can do it for you. Exactly. But it, it's one of those things, at least, I mean, if you're living out in one of the plots further out, I mean, the, mm. the questions we get from people, what can I do about the rabbits? What can I do about the porcupines? Mm. Porcupines are a big problem when it comes to, and moles. So, and like, yeah, one of the things that we recommend in quite a lot, and I almost feel we should start selling it, is cayenne pepper. Mm-hmm. Because I think even if it was a porcupine or your dog, anything that's going to start digging in your garden, as soon as it starts coming, digging up, it's going to get that whiff up its nose and it's going to start sneezing and make it uncomfortable. Yeah. So it's not harmful to anyone. It just makes it a bit uncomfortable. And then maybe the dogs, the porcupines, they won't like it. I love I'm cayenne sure. pepper. I've got so much of that. I buy it by the bulk and I spread <laughs> yeah. it around the garden as well. You know, so nothing yeah. gets to get my veggies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think that's it. Um, the rabbits, I haven't figured one out yet. It might be a reason that people would start, I was talking to another person about euphorbia millie, mm-hmm. you know, and the Christhorn, because there's such beautiful colors of flowering Christhorns at the yes. moment. And yet they're not a very common plant anymore. So maybe people will start using those sort of things as a repellent. 
for their pets to keep them away instead of putting up fencing or something like that. And if you do have rabbits that free roam in your garden because their pets, just remember they love succulents. I lost my entire crop of Echeveria. No. They ate the whole lot. They will eat succulents. They eat anything. And so, of course, I had the chickens like going and getting all the seeds that I just planted. So no, they went to live on Old MacDonald's Party Farm. Oh, at least uh, they didn't become rabbit stew. I'm very glad to hear that. <laughs> no, what? Oh no, you can't. You can't eat something you've named. Peter and exactly. Jared would be horrified. Yeah, we have the same. The same. I name everything. The other thing also to do with this week is, and it sounds a strange one. Rabbit stew with rosemary. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. <laughs> is tomatoes. So it's a lovely time. You should be planting your tomatoes yes. now. But because we had such a mild winter, see some people's their tomatoes went straight through, especially the little went through, ones. My pepper dew. I'm not allowed to call it a pepper dew. It's a specific type of pepper, but yes. pepper dew yeah. is a trademark name. But I call it a pepper dew because it's that shape. Has been going for two years and fruiting nonstop. Wow. And I give it nothing. As I said, chaos theory. For some reason, things work Works in wonderful. my garden. But oh. it's been going for two years. My cayenne pepper has been flowering and doing its thing for the last year and a half as well. Oh, that's So I've been amazing. just getting peppers the whole time. I suppose yeah. it just depends on where you put things as well. Yeah. And do so, you have people saying that to you? How long is this going to last for? And you're like, well, <laughs> it depends on how well you look after it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we've spoken about it before. To me, it all goes down to soil preparation. Yeah. If you have good soil, I mean, hence the show's name, yes, <laughs> grounded. We get it very grounded. Yeah, yeah, it has to be grounded. Yeah. But if you have good soil preparation, then your plants should actually, and the same light conditions are also pretty important, mm-hmm. then your plants should actually thrive for you if you look after them well. Oh, I want to grow this tomato on my windowsill. I'm like, do you get sun? No, but it gets a lot of bright light. I'm like, no, vegetables need six hours of full sun yeah. a day and herbs. Yeah. Okay. What can we grow in the shade, Carrie? Spinach. Okay. Spinach is our one vegetable that does actually do quite well in the shade. And the other one, like for windowsill planting, one mm. of the best things that you could grow and Life as a Gardener is talking about it is microgreens. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, that is a lovely one because it's all you, you can either buy the packets of seed that are already mixed and microgreen labeled, or you just buy, you know, a spinach seed, some cabbage, broccoli seeds. I couldn't understand why we were keeping broccoli seeds on the shelf in the summer months because it but doesn't broccoli, go well. But broccoli gets big. No, no, but you harvest it before it gets big. So actually microgreens is, is just as the, either your spinach, broccoli, cabbage, any of your greens, mm-hmm. even I was reading sunflower seeds you could put in the mix. Then as they're coming through and sprouting, those cotyledons that have just covered the seed, mm-hmm. then they break away and then you get your first few leaves. That is what your microgreens are. So you're eating those so, before the plant can even grow. Yeah, so you literally, it's probably 10 to 15 days yeah. after you've planted the seeds, then you would start harvesting the leaves. So it's, you're never letting the plant grow to its full potential, but you're harvesting all these tiny, very nutritious, very spicy, delicious. You need to do a lot of succession planting then, yes, just to keep yourself keep in microgreaves. Yeah. But interesting you say about sunflowers as well, because the amount of people who have been coming in and saying to me, we yes. want to buy some sunflowers. I'm like, well, go and buy yourself a pack of sunflower <laughs> seeds, okay, and yeah. throw them on the ground. That's how you grow sunflowers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's like they want to come and buy carrots in a pot. I'm like, okay, no, it does not work like that. Yeah. Okay, it grows in the ground. You can't go and plant a carrot that's already grown back into the ground. <gasps> exactly. And a lot of people don't realize that. So in the packet of carrot seeds, there's 
thousands of mm. seeds. And I think that's where people don't realize that you should be planting in succession, as you say, especially when it comes to Absolutely. planting your seeds. Yeah. So plant a few then a two weeks later, plant a few. Otherwise, like Gavin was telling us now, he's got 50 radishes all at one time. Yes. And what is he supposed to do with his 50 radishes? And I think that's another thing that I love about gardeners is that they share everything. So if you have 50 radishes at one time, why don't you take a few to your neighbor, a few oh, to yeah. your friend, bring them into the office? You will be the talk of the town. I have been sharing you know? my pepper do peppers with everybody the whole way through winter and everywhere. Yeah. And um, one of the other things <laughs> I know how to do succession planting now, because when I first started getting into gardening, I decided to go and plant a lot of rocket. Let me tell <laughs> you, there weren't that many restaurants down in Parkhurst at that time, but I yeah. supplied all of the restaurants with rocket for the entire season because my entire back <laughs> garden was just full of rocket. Yeah, it was that quite is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And I mean, rocket grows so nicely. Yeah, and you can and eat the flowers. When I do eat any vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I tend to eat a lot of my vegetables out of the flowering part. Yeah. Because you want to break them off so that they continue leaf yes. leafing. And they've got a really nice, sharp, quite tart taste. And I think that's full of nutrition as well. Yeah. So that's the only way I'm going to be getting any kind of vitamins into my body is eating the flowers of the I will, different vegetables. <laughs> I will work a way of covering them in chocolate for you, Carrie. Yay. <laughs> so those are the things. I mean, a lot of plants you cannot go and get in seedling form. So don't Mm-mm. make – that's the only time I look at people and just think um, okay that something's gone very wrong in your brain there you can't <laughs> carrots have to be grown from seed we call them city slickers <laughs> so, yeah, okay and do people actually eat radishes talking about those I was thinking do they people? make me think of my grandfather and mm. so I think people are looking for sharper tasting food now yeah and so I think radishes is actually probably one of the vegetables that are up and coming yeah. And people will start eating them again. One of the few I can't because they give me instant headaches. Anyhow. Oh, no. And <laughs> I'd love to say this, but my blood is green. Mainly because I was like South Africa's first female rugby TV presenter. <laughs> because I was like, boka, go boka. But also because I'm a gardener. So my blood is definitely green. You're making and me think of aliens, actually. <laughs> I thought they were the only ones with green blood. Do I look normal to you, Carrie Goodwin? So we're talking oh, about what's, what happens in life is a garden. Okay, yeah. so now we're through all the little bits and pieces that we should be growing. Now we know, have to know how to protect them. Yes. So this is the time when all the chochos are coming out, and especially <sighs> as we didn't have a particularly cold winter, I think we might be under beleaguered, shall we say, by these little critters. <laughs> I think, you know what is scary for me is when this earlier in the year, we were worried about aphids, mm. and then it became a big thing with whitefly. And then, as you say, we didn't have a cold winter, so... The whitefly didn't seem to disappear too well. The aphids didn't seem to either disappear too well. And now we just seem to be accumulation of pests. Like I even had a customer asking about moles, and you mentioned moles earlier. Mm. And I mean, we never used to have moles in Gauteng. I've never. We did. I don't remember growing up with moles at all. And, you know, I know they had the huge problems in Natal with it. And the Cape. And, yes. And mm. so I said, no. There's nothing you can do to get rid of moles. You know, I'm going to use my cane pepper story again. But I think there's just a lot of pests in our gardens that you either have to try and create a symbiotic relationships with them so you have lots of ladybirds to yeah. eat the aphids and you have that lovely relationship going on and then you don't get too worried if there's one bite out of a leaf of your rose. Or you do have to start using either natural, organic or 
chemical pesticides. Well, Linda Galbad, I mean, that mm. uh, gardening one one with me. I mean, she's yeah. had come up with some wonderful things using sticky yellow paper. So the flies go and fly onto that. A lot of the growers use that. Yes. It is incredible what they can do with what they find because you find it in all their tunnels. Yes. And it's also a really good sign for them to see what pests are attacking which vegetables. So sometimes when you use other chemicals, you spray in, but you don't you kill, you kill the pests, but you don't actually know if they're beneficial or non-beneficial. Exactly. Yeah. So when you can actually see them on a yellow piece of paper, that's incredible. Yeah. And then there's also like if your fruit is starting to come, people saying, huh, you know, I can spray, etc., mm. etc." I say, yeah, there's an organic insecticide spray that you can spray. But then you mm. take those little organza pouches that you'd usually put jewelry yeah, or yes, things yeah. into and you tie those around all the little new fruits that are coming up so the bugs can't get to them. Oh, that's a very clever idea. Yeah. But also with the fruit, I think one of the things that is used the most is a bait. So it's to try and get the beetles to keep away from your fruit trees. Yeah. One of the problems that we're having now is, and it's wonderful to see how many people are growing their own fruit trees and the different fruits that are available. One of my favorite, it's citrus fingers. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like citrus fingers. It's citrus, citrus fingers. It's like a lemon. Oh, okay. Well, you think it's a lemon because it's meant to be a lemon variety, and it looks like when we're talking of aliens, it looks like a hand. So it's got these fingers on it, and it's yellow. So it has the representation of a lemon, but it has the crunchiness of an apple. So it's like I've a never le- heard of such a wow, thing. Wow, you! I was so excited because I thought ours was fruiting in winter, but I see some of them have still got fruit now. I think you're going to have to bring and me it, one of these I'm weird going, things. I am going to bring it for you. But what is so amazing for me is when you expect something, so yeah. I'm expecting it to be a lemon, and I took the fruit home. Even though I felt that it was hard, I thought, oh, it's just the outer skin. And then when I cut it open, it's, as I say, you eat it like an apple. I thought, well, this is really not going to help my sore throat or anything like that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's, it is interesting because the growers are developing and looking for new fruit all the time yeah. that you can actually grow in your garden. But then it's how best you protect the fruit. And the one thing that Life as a Garden was talking about this month was false codling moth, which the problem with fruit is by the time it's, you pick your fruit, the insect's already inside. Because right it stings so, the bud when it was really brand new. Yes. Yeah. So that's what it is. Is Now it's a really good time to either spray your fruit trees or put out a bait. So as soon as you have about 80% of your blossoms falling off, that's when you would spray. And so it's not affecting any of the bugs around it because mm. it's a preventative and then it's going to protect your fruit later on when your either your citrus or your apples actually start you want to start harvesting them because the problem is your fruit looks perfect and you're so excited to eat it and then you open yeah, it up and inside it's and it's got that little like whole pom- brown pomegranates as gross. well <gasps> when they suddenly have things inside them Ew. yes oh and pomegranates there's amazing pomegranates mm. you can get out at the moment i think it's wonderful how all these oh and the pomegranate they're one of the best varieties that you can buy is called pomegranate wonderful but um all these fruits i want to say from yesteryear there was a very big trend that when we grew up you used to have fruit trees in your yes. garden then I don't know what happened, but it was either a lot of maintenance or nobody had fruit trees in their garden. And now all of a sudden there's a big gain. Fruit trees, people are asking for what can they put in pots? Yes. And, you know, are they making smaller fruit trees that can store fruit in a pot? Well, there's and a thing called bonsai, so you can pretty much do that with any tree. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, some of your, you can espalier if you can't mm. put it in a pot, put it against a wall. Yes. So I think every home should have fruit trees. And it's also, again, it's teaching those people about where fruit comes from and that it doesn't come from a supermarket and it actually does grow on a tree. Yeah. Well, because, it, oh man, even my garden had like the most amazing plum trees, you know, those big purple plums oh, and the plum yeah. tree, it had been there for, since we, before we moved into the house, it had been yeah. about 40 years old and there was a big storm, windstorm one night and I came out and the thing had fallen <gasps> over. So, but I had oh. two plum trees 
The other one hardly ever put out that was the orange plums. And then a mulberry tree. So mulberry trees were really big in the parks mm. as well because of the fruit. And I mean, oh, I love scrumping. And they went and cut down a couple of my favorite mulberries on my usual walking route. But oh, no. Now there's nothing to eat on your walk. <laughs> no, I've got nothing to eat on my walk. I have to eat all the flowers instead. But I mean, Jane Griffiths has got that 100-year-old plum tree in her garden. <gasps> And wow. I, I sit there and I, we all, grew, as you said, we grew up and mm. all the houses, I think in Parkhurst, when they were built, even when there were still the corrugated iron houses, they were all built and had two fruit trees that were planted. And they did yeah. the same thing with the homes in Soweto and in Alex. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the majority of the trees, but now I'm so glad to hear that people are coming back. And I mean, of course, lemon trees, one yeah. of the things you need, bay tree, I've got a lemon, a bay and a couple of other things, but um, yeah. I cannot imagine not having a lemon tree in my garden. I always think it's amazing because whenever I used to go up to the farms like in the northwest mm. and you drive through the little towns there, actually, like you say, the homes there always used to have a lemon tree. Yep. And then when as soon as you, the climate starts getting warmer, they used to have either mangoes or pawpaws. Yeah. And it didn't matter whose home it was, just driving on the side of the road, you would see these trees. They wouldn't even have grass in their garden, but they would have these trees and millies. Yes, you know? and I always millies. This is fantastic because people are becoming sustainable. And this is what we're trying to promote is use your garden not only for some place where you can take sanctuary and enjoy it, mm. but use your garden to be productive for you. Plant a little bit of things. Old things, yeah. yeah. So, and oh, exciting, exciting news. Life as a Garden's got a new newsletter that's coming out, well, a new format of a newsletter. Yeah. And it's just full of wonderful, wonderful gardening advice. So I think, you know, if you do need gardening advice and you don't know too much about where to start, go and visit your garden centers because they have very helpful very knowledgeable staff. Yeah. And well, <laughs> they do. I think, well, you work you know, in one, I work yes, in one. So yeah. we kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I think gardeners love to share. They love to pay it forward. For us in garden centers, we sometimes get frustrated when they say, oh, no, you can just do this by cutting or you can just do this by, can I put, throw these seeds down? You yeah. know, my tomatoes, can I just throw it for some seeds that I bought in the shop? And that's the way to get started because once you started with gardening, then the bug will bite you oh, <laughs> and you want to keep on going and keep on going. <laughs> so what other bugs, by the way, are we looking out for apart so from the false coddling moth? Which it is was going mainly that one at this citrus, time. Hey? Yeah, for citrus and apples. And then, as I say, luckily the ants seem to have disappeared, but the thrips is really coming back again and whitefly. Mm. And I think the most important thing that I can say is when you're using chemical pesticides, please follow the instructions as carefully as possible as written in the box. And wear gloves but, and a mask. Yes. But what customers do is they spray once, then it says they please spray seven days later to be effective because you have to kill the mm. whole life cycle. Mm. And then they say, oh, that didn't work because they didn't follow the instructions. And it does say often, you know, spray it 14, 7 to 14 days later. And then when you say to them, well, did you spray again? And they're like, oh, no, I sprayed one. I'm sure I'm going to kill everything with that. And we're like, no. Yeah, because people don't so, understand how things work, so you have to explain it to them. Yes. In so, big, bold letters. I was going to say, and I think often when we have people who come into the garden center and then they say they want to use something, then we'll go and take it, we'll open the box, take the instructions mm -hmm. out and read it in front of them. And they like look at you like, don't you know how to use this product? And like, yes, we do, but we're teaching you how to read the instructions Absolutely. on the package. So and frustrating. I think that's what you have to understand when you're trying to get rid of any bugs. Do the program properly. Don't just do it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, because that's not really going to get rid of them and you're going to get frustrated and then you're going to put unnecessary mm. extra poisons into the environment or you're going to think, oh, let me double the dosage and that would be a disaster. So in fact, I would be inclined to say rather look for Ludwig's or Margaret Roberts's because those insecticides are really, really good. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. And I know yeah. Ludwigs is synonymous with roses, but they do work on fruit trees too. Oh, they but work on lots of things. Yeah. I mean, we use Ludwigs. That would be my staple. I think you should have a garden pharmacy. <laughs> and there's certain things you have to have in your garden pharmacy. Yeah. And the other thing is, at this time of the year, everything is putting so much energy into growing. And we Feed really your plants. Yes. Feed. It doesn't matter what you feed. Just give your plants a good dose of fertilizer, you know, and encourage them to grow so yeah. that they produce beautiful flowers for you and beautiful foliage. And that's what's also going to make them stronger against the pests. You know what I like about you, Carrie? As I'm sitting here <laughs> looking at you, so excited about everything. She's so excited she almost wet her plants. <laughs> her plants. She yeah. drew my plants. <laughs> okay, so we've so, got to watch out for the bugs. We've got to feed stuff. Yes. Okay, and then I know that Life is a Garden have got a whole thing about the latest trends. It's so exciting. I almost feel we should talk about a different trend each time we come, just yeah. a little bit. But I'll tell you the ones that they're focusing on now is keep it simple. So, you know, gardening is not hard and it should be something that you love to do. Mm. So they're just trying to say, keep it as simple as possible. Then the other one, one is create a garden getaway. So maybe we don't have an opportunity to go to the coast or go somewhere beautiful, mm. but bring the coast to you. Like you were saying earlier, you know, Feinbos. A lot oh, of the yeah. Feinbos is doing so nicely in Gauteng at the moment. But this is the thing. But I mean, you think you like to go down to the Feinbos area, mm. to the Cape, or you like to get down to the southern KZN where it's very, very tropical. They have been breeding the plants that will work in Gauteng. So if yeah. you can't get away, bring it to you. Yeah. And we are going to be concentrating sometimes on coastal gardening and like people around the country who've got really cold gardening. Um, <laughs> I look forward to that one. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> but, but it's a totally different way of gardening down at the coast compared yes. to what we have here in Johannesburg. And salt tolerant plants. Yes. I think we're going to start having to look at that and talk about that. Probably not even only in coastal regions, but also what our team was asking us this morning about chlorine. Yeah, you know, in our water and is it affecting our plants or is it affecting the birds that we have? So I think there's lots of little things that people are starting to notice now in their gardens. Especially as I say to people, use salt on your, on your snails and use salt to kill weeds. Oh. Like, what's it doing <laughs> to the soil? I'm like, it's better than the other stuff you can put down, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, so there's lots of little things that we can look at going forward in terms of the different types of gardening. Mm. The other thing that is obviously going to be hot on everybody's mind is water-wise yep. and zoning. So we'll be talking a lot about that and Life as a Garden will have quite a lot of information on that. Oh, this one is plant show off. Yeah. When I first read it, I thought, oh, everybody has an iconic plant that represents them in their garden. And then when I read more about it, it's actually not only one plant, it could be a style of gardening yeah. that's representative of you. So I thought that's quite something, a really nice topic to talk about as well as a trend. Agapanthus <laughs> and plectranthus, all the purples and all the stuff that works in shade and See, in the sun and forever very and ever. royal. Yeah, all, <laughs> all the, the blues. Purples, yeah. Gosh, I mean, I, I can't believe it. We always go through, like, oh, we go no. so quickly through everything and I wish we, we had like hours and hours to talk about more. But we can carry on the next time. Yes, we'll talk <laughs> and about the next time. I and think the next that's time. a good idea. Trend, yeah. A trend each time yeah. so we can give people inspiration and like colors and the yes, plants the, and stuff. The coral, uh, color. Color is coral. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my tongue got twisted there. And I mean, it's and been bright pink for a while now in the garden centers, but I love the corals. And when they start coming through, I mean, yeah. the coral trees, obviously, but they're, oh, they're very beautiful. kind of bright coral. No, there's some rare ones. We've got one at home that is a peachy yeah, one. Yeah, my parents have and one. I'm, I'm hoping that we've got one, but I haven't seen it start flowering yet. That's actually white. 
Oh my goodness! So I'm me. looking forward to that. That is a thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to be talking about all of those things in programs Excellent. to come. Thanks very mm. much. And of course, if you want to find yeah. out more, get onto the Life Is a Garden website, which is yes. lifeisagarden.co.za. Perfect. And Carrie, <laughs> we'll catch up with you again next time and uh, next month. Yes, thank you very much. All right, for and for the rest of you, get excited, get as enthused as <laughs> Carrie is, and get into a garden center. Go and have a look and see what there is. Just don't do a smorgasbord of stuff for the bugs. <laughs> concentrate on doing one thing at a time okay but whatever it is get out there and get grounded bye-bye for show notes and more information about this episode go to solidgoldstudios.co.za forward slash grounded